0: If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Psalm 119, and specifically we're going to be looking at verses 33 through 48 today. The message is entitled, Pretzels or Peace? You think, where are we going today? Well, you'll find out as to why that's titled that way. Just a refresher from last week going to walk through a few things here, but Psalm 119 is an acrostic psalm, and it's using the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, to walk through this particular psalm. Now, last week I said there was 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and I misspoke. There's actually 23, and there's 22 stanzas, and there is one of those stanzas that uses two letters, so hence the 22 stanzas. One stanza gets two of the Hebrew letters, and we'll be walking through these things today. Just a refresher from last week, there is 171 verses out of 170. We're blessed when we have obedience to the Word of God. We're blessed when there's meditation on the Word of God. There's blessing when there's purity that comes from the Word of God. There's blessings when we have a posture of humility toward the Word of God. There's blessings when we have proclamation of the Word, and there's blessings when we have a desire for the Word of God. And we navigated all of that last Sunday and I want to give you an update I said hey just pause with me on the uh, proclamation of the word when I was talking about the 1017 ministries and I said there's a part two to this and uh, some things had to kind of happen this week that would set up the ability to share some of this and so now I'm going to do that with you on the screen you'll see a map of Iowa And um, there's an arm of this 1017 Ministries that has a radio program, and I told you guys about that last week. So it's old sermon files, and it's turned into a radio program that gets broadcasted. And there you see, kind of in our Northwest Iowa territory, three different radio stations that are broadcasting this particular program every Sunday. And so in the red there, you'll see K-A-Y-L out of Storm Lake. In the yellow, you'll see the Bolt out of Humboldt. And those two stations air this program on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. And then the darker region that you see there would be KILR out of Esterville. And they air at 11 o'clock, 11.15 approximately. And so as we stepped into this towards the end of last year, it's uh, kind of a new thing, and uh, in partnership here with faith, we're doing this together. And um, as we were discerning the partnerships, there were some other partnerships kind of uh, in the works, and one of them was Bot Radio, if you've ever heard of that particular uh, ministry network. And um, that partnership came forward. There were some possibilities of, of working with them on that one, and then also just some communication uh, with KJYL, if you've heard of that radio station, a long-time partner here uh, from our church. And um, so in the midst of that, when Bot came back, I said, you know, I think we've got our vision, and the vision is to work with these three stations for right now. And uh, so in the midst of that conversation, I just said, I think the partnership is maybe a, could be in the future, but right now I think we're, we're going to go in this other direction. And so at that point, that's what we've done. Now, there's been some changes in the kinship broadcasting, and um, one of the things is is the Eagle Grove Goldfield office has been moved up to Mankato, and the Blue Earth office has also been moved to Mankato, and now kinship is operating um, out of Mankato. And Dan Stickrod, one of our elders, uh, we went up to Mankato about a week ago last Friday, And uh, we went up there to just sort of check some things out, you know, uh, see how uh, things have changed and how things are different, be able to get a little reacquainted. Since this is a ministry partner, we support KJYL and that station. And so we went up there on behalf of the missions committee. And so, and remember, there was some communication prior to this where we were talking about the 1017 radio. And Dan and I on our way up there, I said, you know, we're going up there to to get better acquainted. But also, I think they're probably going to ask me about 1017. And the answer is going to be the same as we gave to Bot. We have where we want to go. That's where we feel the Lord leading us to be on these secular stations, to have a gospel presence on these secular stations. And so I don't really feel like a partnership is probably going to be something here in our future. And so we go up there, we get a tour of the place, we have opportunity to have some conversations. And it was in the midst of that conversation that they brought up the 1017 ministry and the radio program. And I said, well, there's really nothing to talk about with that. And I then presented to them that we're locking things in here in our local area with these secular stations. And we feel like this is where the Lord has led us. And it was in the midst of that conversation that they said, well, you know, we were really looking forward to partnering with you on this. And so we're a little bit bummed and, and disappointed. We wanted to partner with you and the church. And and they said, and actually, Russ, as we sat on your program, we saw your program pioneering a vision that we have for the station and getting more local pastors on the radio and, and hearing from them. And So I said, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's kind of where we're at. And so in the midst of that conversation, um, some things just kind of developed into a conversation. I said, well, you know, because of our partnership with you through our missions committee, I mean, this is up to you, but if you want to do anything with that, um, you can air the program. I mean, but we're not going to be able to, to bring more into the budget to be able to, you know, these things have costs. And so at that point... We were talking through what the missions committee had supported, and we couldn't remember off the top of our head. And so the director stepped out to go look it up. And when they came back, um, there was emotions and blown away by our church's partnership over the years of Kinship Radio. And they said, we are going to do your radio program. And I said, I don't want you to feel like you have to do that that's, we came up to say this partnership's not going to happen. You know, we were prepared for that, and I said, no, we are going to do this. We need to do this. We want to do this, and so we want to establish your program to be at 930 on Sunday mornings. And we were walking through the details, and I said, well, on the 1017 page, there's logos of all these stations that this airs on. And so, do I just need to grab the KJYL logo and put that with the other stations? And they said, no, this is going to be on all of the Kinship stations at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. And Dan and I just kind of sat there like, what? I'm sorry, Are, are you sure? You know, and they had a map in the room of all of their broadcasting area And so you'll see here on the screen what this means. So you see the three circles of what we have been doing for the last four to five weeks. And now you see this new territory that's been added into the picture here. Ranging from Ames down at the bottom all the way up to the Twin Cities. And then kind of making its way to the east and west as it moves through northern Iowa into southern Minnesota. And uh, Kinship is adding about six more stations to their coverage area here in the coming year or two. And so their area is going to increase. And um, they told me this will be on about 22 to 24 different frequencies um, as this airs. And yeah, you know, I'm just a little bit stunned by that, to be honest with you. So um, Andy Reid, the Kansas City football coach, celebrates a win by having a burger, if you've ever happened to hear that. And so we got done with this meeting, and Dan Stickrod and I went to Culver's. (laughs) And, yeah, and while we were eating, I just, I said, Dan, this is crazy. I just said, I don't have the credentials for this. You know, I mean I the the, the the names that they have and in the midst of that I just to me what's crazy is the Lord's just opening doors. And I want to make much of Jesus and so let's just see where this thing goes. And so that'll be coming soon. We're kind of working through the details of that. But just know that our church in the last couple of months has developed a radio ministry, and this thing has been moving very quickly. And um, trusting the Lord to, uh, here's the thing I, just, I would love to get to heaven someday and see people there that I have no idea who they are. And they're going, I'm here because I got saved listening to the radio. And something that was said in that message brought them to Christ. And so, Lord, use it. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Would you pray with me before we get into the word? Father, I thank you for this development, and I am just lifting it to you. Please use it to your honor and to your glory. May I decrease, may you increase. This is about the word of God going forth into people's hearts and lives. So, Father, I ask for your grace and what lies ahead with this particular chapter of 1017 and faith and the radio ministry here that we've stepped into. Lord, please guide us and lead us to your honor and to your glory. Lord, as we spend time in your Word here today, please speak to our hearts. Be with the children's ministry. Bless them as they spend time in your Word. We ask for your grace as we lean into you, Lord. We thank you for this time now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 119, starting in verse 33. And the Hebrew letter... Pay is the first one. It says, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness preserve my life. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings, And will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. That second portion is with the Hebrew letter, wow. That's how that's pronounced, wow. I know you're all in shock, you're like, wow, yeah. So let's look first here at our verse for the week. Psalm 119, verse 34. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all of my heart. One of the key components of this verse that I wanted to draw out was the statement, give me understanding. By show of hands, how many of you have ever needed guidance in your life, so you went to the Word for that guidance. Okay. A lot of hands. We need understanding. We need God's grace and guidance in our life, and so we go to it for help. And as we obey His Word with all of our heart, God will guide us and lead us And I think that we are living in a day and a time where if you do not have a solid ground in the Word of God, you're either going to be twisted up into a pretzel, or you're going to be walking with peace. And so that's the focus here. In order for me to walk and navigate the things of life, I need the understanding that comes from God. Otherwise, I'll be twisted up and deceived and, and going about like, and as James says, like a wave that's tossed in the ocean going to and fro. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But we go to God's Word, and He can speak into us. He can give us understanding, and He can show us how to live. I want to pull some things out here from verses 37 and 38. The psalmist says, turn my heart toward your statutes. And it says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. I'll say this one more time. Turn my heart toward your statutes, God, and turn my eyes away from worthless things things. This is a struggle for every believer. There are so many things around us that quite frankly are worthless, that we give our time and we give our attention to, and it becomes a certain of that time that we spend where we're not able to spend the adequate and appropriate amount of time in the Word of God. And so therefore, we're not inclining our heart towards His Word. Instead, we're turning to these things that don't really help us. And we do get twisted up into a pretzel. We begin to fall for the lies and the deceit of our enemy, Satan. Satan. And his demonic army. They're whispering these lies to us as we go about our day. And you either face those lies with the Word of God or you face it with your feelings and your emotions and what the world around you is saying. Worthless things here can be replaced with the word idol or even false gods. We pursue these things. We give all kinds of time and attention to these things when they don't really help us. In fact, they hurt us. And one of the ways in which we can get confused by the enemy is we begin to misunderstand who God is and who we are in Christ. And when we get mixed up on that, really bad things begin to happen. We do not... Have this biblical depth that allows us to walk in the peace that the psalmist is talking about. A major, major thing in our world today basically sits on two different things biblical literacy and a biblical worldview. And these things are eroding more and more as each day passes. Here's some interesting stats in the research from this past week. Fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels in the Bible. Fewer than half of all adults. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Fewer than half of adults can name that. Many Christians cannot identify more than two or three of Jesus' disciples. Sixty percent of Americans can't even name five of the Ten Commandments. Twelve percent of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Another survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that over 50 percent of those students thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. And a considerable number of respondents to one poll indicate that the Sermon on the Mount came from Billy Graham. This isn't biblical literacy. This is what's called biblical illiteracy and confusion. Some self-identified Christians also report that many of their beliefs are actually not in harmony with biblical teaching. Here's some of the answers in their survey. 72% of these self-identified Christians argued that people are basically good. The Scripture is very clear. The only thing that's good in us is the presence of God. Sixty-six percent say that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. Sixty-four percent say that all religious faiths are of equal value. I want to make a clarifying statement with that, is that no matter what religious faith you have, You matter to God, but not all religious faiths are at the same value. 58% believe that if a person is good enough or does enough good things, they can earn their way to heaven. Wrong answer. We're missing someone in the midst of of this, who said that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Somebody really famous said that. Jesus. And that's a bold statement. No one can come to the Father except through me. Then that tells me there is a faith that is greater than all other faiths. It must include Jesus. And that tells me that I can't get to heaven on my own, no matter how hard I try. I need the blood of Jesus to cover my sin. That allows me into heaven. 57% believe in something called karma. So you can see the twisted theology and the biblical worldview eroding. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And American Christians are knowing less and less about the Bible, and it shows. And here's a little statement from Albert Moeller. He says, this generation must get deadly serious about the problem of biblical illiteracy. In an article I was reading from Albert Moeller, it says, this really is our problem. This is a problem the church has to take care of. Don't expect the world around me to try to fix this. The world wants nothing to do with the Bible. This is a church problem. This is a follower of Christ problem. He says this really is our problem, and it is up to this generation of Christians to reverse course and he says recovery starts at home. Parents are to be the first and most important educators of their own children, diligently teaching them the word of God. We get that from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says parents cannot franchise their responsibility to the congregation no matter how faithful and biblical It may be the parents are the primary teachers of the Word of God in the home. It says, God assigned parents this non-negotiable responsibility, and children must see their Christian parents as teachers and fellow students of God's Word. So we make an emphasis of this first and foremost in the home. And then it also is the responsibility of the church to make sure that we are preaching and teaching adequately to those who join us in worship. Nancy Pierce, says, Having a Christian worldview means being utterly convinced that biblical principles are not only true, but they also work better in the grit and grime of the real world. And it doesn't take you very long to see this playing out. We are in a culture that is incredibly confused. And the Word of God can straighten a lot of that confusion out. A 2022 survey showed that 10% of Christians read the Word of God daily. One in 10. It also says that 60% of Americans read the Bible less than five times per year. So you can see where the biblical illiteracy and the struggle with the biblical worldview is being demonstrated, and that it's we're lacking the time in the Word. A LifeWay research study revealed that the top two reasons people have for their lack of Bible reading is that they don't prioritize it and that they don't have time. Now, step back with me to those verses where the psalmist says with all his heart, he's going to pursue after the world and keep his eyes off the worthless things. How many times do we let the worthless things get in the way from spending the adequate time with the Lord in His Word. And I'm not talking about just packing your mind full of facts and and things like that. There's a communion with the Lord in His Word and how He encourages you in your heart each and every day of your spiritual journey. Don't just read the Word to check a box. Read the Word to spend time with your Creator. And allow Him to speak into your heart and into your life. It's crucial. It's necessary for your survival. That's how important the word is. In 2012, a British teenager was hospitalized after a steady diet for 15 years of chicken nuggets. Ew. You ever seen how they make them? It's like a pink paste of chicken product all thrown into a nice, juicy little nugget. But that teenager made that their diet and at one point just fell, got sick, not eating fruits, not eating vegetables, not a good diet. Well, the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's possible there's spirits listening to me right now that are in each of you. The spirit God gave you, that right now you are starving yourself. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of Of God. When the apostles would preach the word in the book of Acts, there was this group of people known as the Bereans. And look at this verse in Acts 17. It says, As the Bereans, when these apostles would teach, they received the message with great eagerness, and then they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Now, here's what's interesting with this statement they didn't go back to their homes and have a whole shelf with seven different translations of the Scriptures. And I'm just going to search through today whatever was said by the apostles. They would have to come back to that location, and in a group of a body of believers, continue to wrestle with the Word. There was effort that was being done to get the Word into their life. And today, you can whip out your phone, and you can hear it in any translation... And yet we're going, I don't have time. I'm too busy. Maybe you guys are reading it 24-7 and I'm just preaching to myself today. But we would do well to spend time in the Word and to spend time in the Word together. One stat I read was that 60% of people, when they read the Scriptures, they struggle walking through the Scriptures when they're doing it alone or in isolation. You need the body with you so you can work through some of those things. I don't fully understand, maybe, what this verse is saying. That's a great opportunity to talk about it with another believer and wrestle with the Word. Now, here's the big, big verse for today, verse 45, I will walk about in freedom. I mean, when you are allowing the Word to get into you, and you're applying the Word into your life, you're at liberty, as one translation puts it. And that word freedom, the definition of that is this wide, broad, broad, large, or spacious area in which you graze. We're all sheep here. But just think... When you walk about in this freedom and this peace, you're no longer restricted or restrained by evil and corrupt desires because you're walking in God's ways. You're not walking with the conviction of sin in your life. You're not walking around with the lies and deceit of Satan and wondering, how big is my God really? Because I'm walking through this or that. Know who your God is. And know who you are in Christ. And know that sin is not something to be played around with. And apply the Word into your life and begin to walk in freedom. And there's a peace that comes from walking in the Word. What is your life? A pretzel or is it at peace? The more you walk in the Word, the more you will find peace for your life, I close with these two verses and mainly one word here from verse 37 and 40. The verse says, preserve my life according to your word, God. And then in verse 40, it says, in your righteousness, so we're talking about God's righteousness, preserve my life. And that word preserve means revive me. God, breathe life into me as I walk out my spiritual journey. But in verse 40, it's pretty clear to me that the only way I can have life is when I receive the righteousness that comes from God. In your righteousness, God, revive me. The only way I can stand in his righteousness is when I put my faith and trust in Jesus and his perfection. And His righteousness. And it will cover you when you put your faith and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. But sometimes as we walk out our spiritual journey, it can get stagnant at times. And there's times where you don't want to get into the Word. Pray verse 37. Preserve my life. Revive me according to your Word. I believe the Scriptures, when it says that the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is alive and it's active. This is a supernatural book. And if something seems off as you're reading, then pray these verses. God, revive me. And part of the reason why churches and American Christians struggle with biblical illiteracy and they don't have an adequate biblical worldview is because they're walking around like zombies. God, revive me. Bring your word to life in me and watch God do the supernatural. Would you pray with me as we close? Father, I thank you for this time in your word. And Lord, I pray that you would breathe life into each and every one of us. Lord, by your grace, help us grow in our understanding of your word so that we would not be twisted up into all the different things that our world gets us twisted in the things that Satan would like to get us off track. But Lord, set us free by your word and revive us. If we're walking through the motions, then get our attention. And if we're walking without a relationship with Jesus, then by your grace, convict us of our need for Jesus in our life. And if there's someone listening right now that would desire to receive Christ because you know right now you need Him, then I invite you to pray with me to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just pray with me in your heart as I lead. Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I'm asking for forgiveness of my sin. You are the only one who can forgive me. And today I put my faith and trust in you. And I receive this gift of salvation and this new life in Christ. Help me to walk in your ways Help me to live in the abundant life that you desire for me to have. Help me to walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.